Welcome to Con Café for Monday, the first day of November, year of our Lord, 2021. <laughs> it's a minute away from midnight. Yes, I was watching the game. I usually do not watch the game because if I do, I tend to make it go the other way. <laughs> and so I was in my office here at home trying to finish up some last-minute details for our having been in Kingsville this morning and our daughter and my wife turned it to the game and their screaming <laughs> made me excited for what I was hoping was happening and finally when I finished my work and I went out to be with them and start the initial reflections on today's passage and I saw the game to its very end. Go Astros! What else can I say? And if you're a Braves fan, hey, God bless you and in my opinion there's two more games to go. <laughs> but we'll take it one game at a time. And uh, it was a great day. Those of you who listen uh, usually have more time than those have to read it or reading the devotional, rather, on, on the run. And uh, you hopefully your device allows you to fast forward if I'm speaking too much and taking up too much of your time. But I do know uh, and appreciate those of you who listen because you tell me you're praying for me and uh, are, you know, wishing me well in terms of what I uh, have to do. And uh, this morning was an example of that. On the way down, I spoke with the... Uh, chairperson of, of the church's pulpit committee, the PPRC. The last time they'd had church was about three weeks ago and only three people showed up. So she was trying to prepare me for a small turnout, if any. <laughs> and I said, well, even if three people show up, I said, Nellie and I will make five and that will break that record, you know, easily. And before I left the house, I, I went to my PowerPoint and uh, for those of you that make bulletins, uh, there's a neat way to use PowerPoint uh, to make bulletins. Just increase the size of the slide to being, you know, whatever size bulletin you're making. And then you can move pictures around and insert text here and there. And it's kind of like the old PageMaker, which I really enjoyed and used much during my PC days. And I still have an old PC sitting on the floor with PageMaker loaded, and if need be, I will pull it out, dust it off, and use it. But since discovering that PowerPoint works just as well without all the the cool lines and measurements that you can do in it, uh, it still works. You just because it, it helps line up things pretty pretty well. So before I left Seguin for Kingsville, I said, well, just in case they don't have a bulletin, I'll use the one I used when I preached. And Smiley just changed the scriptures, and here and there a couple of things. It took all of three minutes, printed it out, headed down, and uh, told um, that chairperson that I had a bulletin in case they needed one, and she said they did. And so I scanned it with my phone, mailed it to her, and she received it and uh, just uh, made bulletin. She told her husband, I'm going to make 10, but I doubt that we have 10 people there. But anyway, I'm making 10 bulletins. Well, thank God we had 11 people there, which was good. God was there. God was glorified. I was able to hopefully share a word of who we are as a church and what we need to be doing as a church. And so I pray 
And I invite you to pray for the people of El Buen Pastor, the Good Shepherd, United Methodist Church of Kingsville, Texas, Texas, my childhood home. Good to be there and good to see that stained glass that I love so much. If you've ever seen my uh, homepage on my phone, it's that very same stained glass. But she went and told me that a couple of kids years ago with BB guns shot part of that uh, stained glass out and pointed out those uh, patches that were made. And so I will see the, the, the picture now a little bit differently. Uh, thankful it still stands. Uh, kind of disappointed that kids go around with nothing better to do than to destroy something so beautiful as Christ, the Good Shepherd, holding a, a lamb and being surrounded by the lamb. Beautiful, beautiful place. Well, we're looking at the gospel for this coming Sunday, which is Mark chapter 12, verses 38 to 44. We're looking at it in the New International Version of the Bible. And uh, I'm calling the devotional Temple Teachings. And now it's officially November 1st. So happy November to you all. I pray God blesses you in a rich and wonderful way this month. And I pray that as it draws nearer to give thanks, we would be making at least a mental heartfelt list of all the good things God has done for us. If you listen closely, you'll see that there's a lot of Thanksgiving messages just in this one passage. So let's hear now the word of God, starting with verse 38. As he taught, Jesus said, watch out for the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished most severely. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. This, dear friends, is the word of God for the people of God, and we say thanks be to God. Well, again, a happy and blessed Monday to you all. May this day be a special one for you, dear listener, in which you can freely and openly share your faith in Christ Jesus. We should be thankful we have that freedom, that liberty. We're not restrained by any government into not doing this or doing that to show who we are and in whom we believe. And we should take advantage of that to let other people know we belong to God, we believe in God, and we love and follow his son, Jesus Christ. And again, I thank you for your prayers for our trip down to Kingsville, Texas, and for my preaching on Sunday at my childhood home of El Buen Pastor United Methodist Church, which means the Good Shepherd. God provided the words. <laughs> I'm recording this on Monday. Well, it was Monday night, or Sunday night, rather now. It's early Monday morning. And uh, I remember as uh, Nellie and I were um, just about to doze off, she said, do you know what you're going to say tomorrow? <laughs> and I said, no, ma'am, but God does. And I said, I have a general idea. And indeed, God provided the words. He provided the safe travel, a great reception by those who attended. And so, friends, I invite us to continue to pray for one another and for those who need God's touch and healing. 
While there, I learned that a very, very dear lady of my childhood uh, is in hospice care. Uh, she was very active all the time we were there, and years later, when I was superintendent over that church, she continued to be there. Not a very quiet woman. She's just a wonderful character of the Lord. Her name is Mrs. Chavela Gonzalez, and uh, she's in hospice care. And she has served the Lord faithfully as a laywoman, and she's quite the Christian woman. <laughs> I'll share, this is a bonus for you that are listening and not for my readers, that uh, one mentor of mine, when he was pastor there, would always ask her, uh, when he, she would invite him over for, for a lunch or a meal, and uh, he would say, well, aren't you going to pray? Before the meal, she said, no, I prayed at H-E-B. So <laughs> she was that kind of a character. Uh, in, and now it's it's sad to hear she's at uh, death's door. But uh, I know and I believe that God will open the pearly gates and allow her to go in when it's her time. But for now, may God provide her peace and comfort during these last days. And may her graduation into the church triumphant come on God's timing and blessings. We continue to pray for the premature baby, whom God knows by name, by need. He needs God's loving, healing touch. And we pray that God would bring healing and comfort to him and to his family. Pray for one another. Pray for the needs you have. And we know that God answers prayer, and that's why we pray. Now, as we look at the passage, we find Jesus using the backdrop of the temple for two, at least two, very powerful and meaningful teachings that impact us even today. Think about that. Here is Jesus in the most holy of places for the Jews. And he's able to use the things that were not the most holy to teach things that are even prevalent today. Now, the temple was always a busy place while it stood. And not all the business being done was holy. Remember, Jesus overturned the table of the money changers. And, uh, and not all the holy men were holy. <clears throat> Remember, the majority of the so-called religious leaders used all their time and their intellect to try to trap and trap Jesus, a better word, and to get rid of him. And they were the ones who were plotting to kill Jesus, and they succeeded. And not all of those that were teachers of the law were about following the law either. And that's sad when you stop and think about it. So Jesus watched them and he knew them. And he used their behavior as a teaching of his own. And he told his disciples and to those who were following him, those who were listening. He said in a, in a way, these men love what they do. Their dress and their desire for respect do not match what they should be teaching or how they should be living, for they are in it only for themselves and what they can get out of life. They desire the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor, which means closest to the food, at the banquets they attend. And Jesus said, they devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished most severely. The reality behind this one last verse, or the last verse that I just quoted, was that these men were not paid by the temple for their work, but they were supposed to raise money for themselves, and most of them found a sure source of income from widows who were known for their generosity, but not for their financial astuteness. 
So they were devouring their homes. In other words, taking money the widow needed to survive just to feed themselves and to feed their household. And so the very people these teachers of the law should have been protecting are the very ones on which they prayed. And add to that, Jesus questioned their prayers as being sincere, for he said the main, the main purpose for praying was more for show than it was for blessing. And God's punishment will come to those who abuse position for power and prestige. Then Jesus moves over to the temple treasury, which we know was a brass receptacle for receiving offerings. And again, in those days, there was no paper money. All the money was in coin form. And the wealthy knew the more money they put in, the louder the jangle of their offering. And it was not for truly supporting the ministry of the Lord as it was for show, drawing attention to me. Look at me. See how much I'm giving or hear how much I'm giving. So twice, Jesus uses this for teaching about where your heart should be as you serve and as you live. But the crowning touch was the appearance of a poor widow who comes to worship God with her offering. Her intention was not to clang attention to herself. Rather, it was to glorify God with a sincere offering of everything she had and everything she needed just to survive. What a contrast to the loud, showy offering of the wealthy. This offering came from her heart, and Jesus declared it the best offering of the day. Truly, I tell you, Jesus said, this poor woman or this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. Years ago, Nellie and I were blessed to be in the Holy Land. The only request we had from people here that knew we were going was for us to bring back to her uh, widow's mite, the replica coin of the offering the widow made on that day in front of Jesus. Now these are sold like I think 10 in a plastic bag for a very reasonable price, but the profoundness of what the coin represents uh, was not lost on us when our friend received it and what how she gushed over it and the immediate blessing she received by it. One could say in spiritual power it was worth more than Elon's, Bill's, and Warren's fortunes. Now, I'm not faulting the way Warren and Bill are trying to give away their fortunes to bless the world. What they're attempting to do is a very honorable thing, try to give away all their money before they die. But the quiet, not-for-show gift of that widow is what blessed Jesus on that day and continues to this day as children, young adults, senior citizens, and others give of their all to bless God and to thank God for all he has done. Not for show. Not for show. These are men and women, boys and girls, that know that God has done, will do, and continue to do great and wonderful things for us. And that poor widow's willingness to step up to that treasury, and probably she was the one that waited till the very end, till the wealthy had finished their show, to go and do what she needed to do out of her faith. That was an act of pure faith. She was not offering up 10% of what she owned or earned. She was not only giving all that she had. She was giving herself to God, all of herself to God. Her life lived in God was worth more than worrying about money. She did not worry about making ends meet. She worried more about meeting God one day and being able to say, Thank you, Lord, for all you 
shared with me, especially your love. Knowing you while on the earth was what saved me from a terrible life of worrying and fretting over things that in the end don't really matter. I thought about the Reverend Francis Chan. He's a famous author. If you don't know who he, who he is, look up a YouTube. Just type in Francis Chan. You'll find several wonderful little videos in which he talks about his faith. But he started a mega church in a part of California that usually didn't permit large churches to grow. But his preaching and teaching allowed him to meet the needs of so many. It started out with, with a house church of about 100. And within two years, I had 2,000 members. He then sat down to write a book called Crazy Love that made him a millionaire. And as a result of that, all of his close friends said, well, Francis, now's the time for you to upgrade your home. You can afford it now. And so Reverend Chan did the opposite. <laughs> he bought a small, smaller home and walked away from his church and moved to an even more difficult California environment in which the start of ministry among people, which was San Francisco, during his ministry in both his church and later in San Francisco starting house churches, it was revealed he gave away 50% of his salary, donated most of the profits from the royalties of his book to charities, most of whom worked to free sex slaves in foreign countries. And in 2020, he left San Francisco to return to his native Hong Kong, where he lived and worked among the poor. So the Hong Kong people in the neighborhood where his mother used to do ministry in the 1950s. I should add that his mother died during his birth because of excessive bleeding and he never got to meet her but he was always impressed that she had been a minister or a missionary in her own way and so when he returned there it was just to be closer to the memory of his mother and to be thankful to God for all that God had shared with him and so he was doing a great work but then his visa was denied and he had to move back to the United States vowing to return as soon as he can when he has the visa to return to work among the poor of Hong Kong. This is but one, brothers and sisters, one example of the impact that one poor widow made during the days of Jesus to see things for how they really are. How has that widow impacted you? What are you doing differently in your life because of what that lady did back then? I think this passage is a call to reflection on what really counts in our lives. Do we set out to make a name for ourselves without truly caring about others? Or do we do all we can to reach the masses for Jesus? Now, the teachers of the law during Jesus' days were not teachers. They were thieves of the innocent, taking advantage of the scarce resources of the downtrodden. And prayer was not to talk to God, but to show off how long they could make prayers, to draw attention only to themselves. The givers of that day were also doing the very same thing, and only that poor widow is the only one who won Jesus' admiration for being genuine and sincere in sharing with God all that she had and giving herself fully to God. Let's pray. Loving God, help us to give of what we are and what we have to you and to bless your work among your people. Grant us wisdom to do the right thing and courage to live as true believers in you. In Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen. Dear friend, thanks so much for joining us. I pray the Lord bless you and keep you. I pray that this month be a wonderful month for you. And toward the end, we can stop and really give thanks for all that God has done. In the meantime, if you're not thankful for anything, get out there and do some work and be thankful for the blessings that will come your way. I pray you have a great and blessed day in the Lord. Give of yourself to God today in a way that blesses God. 
Receive my blessings of joy and peace. I'm Pastor Adalio Adalberto. They receive also my love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Amen.